1: Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond Parch Third, and I am broadcasting back in the game studios. Joined by the producer extraordinaire, the fiance extraordinaire, and student broadcaster of the year for radio from the LABs, the one and only Hannah Five Names. Good morning.
2: Good morning.
1: How's it feel to see my big, bald, and beautiful mug in person and not through Zoom?
2: It's fantastic.
1: Starts the day off on the right foot, doesn't it? Yep. Ha <laughs> <laughs> <You're> the left. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We had a great week of shows out at La Triomphe Golf and Country Club for the Chimacha Louisiana Open. We'll get to the dramatic finish that tournament had today jam-packed edition of the show we got plenty to get to rough weekend on the diamond for LSU and UL and McNeese they all made me look bad because I said hey I have faith in these teams possibly going to regionals this year all three of them that's what I said on Friday I do believe and then they went out there and said RP3 not so fast not so fast We'll break that down. We'll break the Chitamacha, Louisiana, open. Playoff and a first career Corn Fairy Tour victory for the winner. We'll recap that as well. We're going to talk LSU. We're going to talk Raging Cajuns. We're going to talk the latest in the NFL as well. We're going to dissect Carlos Correa making the decision to go play for the Minnesota Twins? When you can make comparable money to stay with a contender? You go to the Twins? Ken Herbeck ain't walking through that door. Kirby Puckett is not playing outfield. Why? Because it's not 30 years ago, and he's dead. So I'm not really for sure what the thought process was for Carlos Correa to go play for the Minnesota Twins. But we'll dissect that as well. We had three guests on today's show. We'll talk all things LSU with Jeff Palermo at 7.30. We'll talk all things Raging Cajuns with Jay Walker at straight up 8 o'clock. And our good friend from Saturday down south, Adam Spencer, will join us to talk the NCAA Men's Tournament. And that's where we're going to begin What a first weekend it was. Just, it was bananas, and it ends last night with another number one seed getting, wetting themselves a little bit by being scared. That happened a lot over the weekend. Gonzaga was tested in the first half against Georgia State in their first-round game. And they were pushed to the limit and even were trailing the Memphis Tigers in the round of 32. A nine seed. Gonzaga, many folks believe, could win the national title. They were tested not once but twice on opening weekend. Arizona needed overtime last night. I got texts that that was going sideways in a hurry. And it sure did look that way. 85-80. 85-80. They were pushed by the 9C TCU. Number one, Arizona. They needed overtime. The Wildcats did to beat the Horn Frogs. So you yeah, had a couple ones tested in a big way, given scares on opening weekend. But that wasn't all. You had a total, a total of. Four teams, seated three or higher, not make it through weekend number one. Did not make it through weekend number one. Like, what? What's happening here? It was nonstop. You couldn't catch your breath this weekend. This is what makes the tournament so good. Because it's so unpredictable. Who had St. Peter's in their Sweet 16 as a 15 seed? Anyone? Nope. There they are. Who had defending national champion Baylor not making it past the first weekend as a one seed? Anyone? No. Kentucky bounced in the first round to St. Peter's. Another team many people expected to be making a run was Auburn. That didn't happen. Miami crushed their face in the round of 32. A few weeks ago, Miami was a bubble team. The Miami Hurricanes are now in the Sweet 16. They destroyed two-seed Auburn. 79-61 to yesterday. That's not even close. That's not even close. One seed Baylor, two seed Kentucky after out of the same region. They're gone. So that's your region of, that's your bracket-busting region when the two top seeds are gone out of the same region. Auburn and Wisconsin, they're gone in the same region. It's going to be a cakewalk now for Kansas. They have an easy path now, or easier, but you never know what you're going to get. Baylor, Kentucky, Auburn, Wisconsin, all gone. Gonzaga, Arizona, both tested and scared. What? North Carolina, who I kept being told throughout the year, was not a good North Carolina team. And yet, and yet, they embarrassed Duke on coach K and coach K's last game inside Cameron Indoor Arena that made a run in the ACC tournament and who's in the Sweet 16? The North Carolina Tar Heels. Middle of the pack seed, yet there they are. Teams that advanced to the Sweet 16 as everyone as everyone had ridden. 15 seed St. Peters, 11 seed Michigan who knocked off Tennessee, a 3 seed. By the way. 11 seed Iowa State there in the Sweet 16. And 10 seed Miami. Get four seeds 10 or lower advance to the Sweet 16.
0: What? What?
1: It's absolutely Phenomenal. And everyone's bracket is, well, let's be honest, kind of toast now. A lot of people had Kentucky and Auburn in their final four. A lot of those people would be me. Whole bottom part of my bracket now gone. Just gone. Just gone. But I still have my national champion and the team I hope my national champion is going to play. I still have that.
3: Yay. Yay.
1: Auburn, Kentucky out early. Just woof. Wildly unpredictable, which makes it Which makes it so much fun. And as much as we heard about the ACC being down this year, right? We kept hearing ACC's crap. ACC's down. It's a down year for the ACC. I I I, I drank that Kool Aid. Yet to see Duke and North Carolina in the Sweet 16. Oh, and Miami. Yet the mighty SEC. LSU's been eliminated. Kentucky's been eliminated. Auburn's been eliminated. Alabama's been eliminated. Tennessee's been eliminated. Yeah. So much for that. So much for all that. (laughs) It's just how this works. Still got Arkansas. Pig suey hanging on. Woo. I'd ask you five names how your bracket's doing. But I already know not to ask you didn't fill out one.
2: No, but I do have a women's bracket and mine's still doing well. My women's bracket is so.
1: Oh, okay. Congratulations on that. <laughs> oh, man. Let's look at these Sweet 16 matchups. Because now you're to the round of where people put up banners or add to their banners they have in their arenas. Make it to a Sweet 16. Make it to the Elite Eight. Thursday, your first Sweet 16 matchup on Thursday is going to be Arkansas, the four seed versus Gonzaga, the one seed. The Zags have been tested multiple times already on the opening weekend. Arkansas is a very good team. Could the Razorbacks pull it off against the Zags? 11-seed Michigan versus 2-seed Villanova. Villanova quietly reached the Sweet 16 yet again. You heard our guy Nick Fondo, who joined us for two segments on Friday for cashing tickets, talk about the Wildcats of Villanova. Texas Tech, the 3-seed, taking on the 2-seed Duke. Coach K's farewell tour and the Love Fest will continue. Texas Tech-Duke, 3-2 matchup in the Sweet 16. And the Houston Cougars, led by Coach Sampson, who are coming off a Final Four run a year ago, they reached their third Sweet 16 appearance. They're going to be taking on number one, Arizona. Man, those are some awesome Sweet 16 matchups. And then you got some other ones here. Let's move on. Providence, Kansas is interesting on Friday. That's a 4-1 seed matchup in the Midwest region. Then, to start things off, I'm sorry, in the East region on Friday will be St. Peter's, your Cinderella team this year. 15 seed, taking on Purdue. Purdue is always a team people like to pencil in, like to look at them as making a deep run. They always disappoint. Could this be a year the Boilermakers actually make it to the Elite Eight? They got to take on Cinderella. St. Peter's versus Purdue. Providence versus Kansas. North Carolina versus UCLA. UCLA sneakily is back into the Sweet 16. You have two of the top five traditional perennial national powerhouses duking it out in the Sweet 16. That's going to be a lot of eyes on that game. A lot of light blue in that game. And then Iowa State versus Miami. Cyclones versus Hurricanes. A battle of an 11 seed versus a 10 seed. Which means you're going to have a double-digit seed make it to the Elite Eight. No matter what. Think about that for a second. No matter what. You're guaranteed that. What a bonkers weekend it was for the NCAA Men's Tournament. Woo! Woo! We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and Company coming up. We'll take your phone calls. Hotlines open. 337 706 0111. That's 337 706 0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: RP3 is known across
1: Acadiana as a master of the English language. You look at all the guys that they got: Clinton Anukoraru, and I don't know how to pronounce this young man's name. TJ Falola. More like a master of broken English, that is. They also added an inside linebacker, Casey Wasawi. These names are killing me, man. I even <laughs> practiced last night.
0: Me fail English? That's impossible. Now back to that silky smooth delivery of RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Here in Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or for any other reason, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year. There's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out there and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service and to promote public safety. Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, remind you call 811. And know what's below before you dig. NCAA tournament. I'm looking at my bracket here. I got that one right. I got that one right. I got that one right. I got that one. I have all Sweet 16 teams in the West correct. So that's something, right? I picked that a winner. See, oh, I picked that one a winner. I did not pick that. That was, that was incorrect. That was, that was failure on an epic scale. So, I'm still good in the West region, five names. When I go down to the East, though, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's, that's wrong. and That's wrong. So, the two teams I had playing for the Elite Eight are now gone, Baylor and Kentucky. Oh, I had Vatek win in that first round game, too. That's no good. That's no point, no. So, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, that's, that is the region of Paul Ball. as Foot would say. Over here, I got that one right. I did not get that right. I got that one right. So, that's something. I did not get that one right. Oh man, I missed this one too. Oh goodness. That's that's no good. I got I got that one. Oh, I missed that. Oh, got that. Got that. Missed that. I'm I'm looking to see how many Elite Eight teams I actually have left. And right now, one, two. <laughs> one, two, three, four. I only have four of my Elite Eight left. That's it. That's it. Four of the elite eight left. Still have my national championship matchup, but the rest of it uh, did not happen. Did not happen. That is, you know, just, just not good, not good. Just, yeah. And I missed this one too. That's an X. That's an X. That's an X. Look at all of that failure. Every every year, every year, every year, this is just gonna hold this up to the camera for all the folks watching on the simulcast. We appreciate you on this Monday morning watching us on Stadium thirty two point three and one thirty three on LUS Fiber. But that, that that is a lot of failure going on. I still have my national championship matchup, but I only have four of my four teams left for the Elite Eight. And I got the national championship matchup and only two of the final four. Just. I drank the SEC Kool-Aid this year. That's what I get for that. Fail by me. Fail by good me. Job. Good job? Is that good what you just told me? <laughs> See, I can't get hey, burned you. out
2: there because
1: I didn't make one. So. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't share oh. in my misery. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. you so I'll, much.
2: And no one will share the, the women's bracket with me, so. I lose, I lose lonely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the teams that did not survive in advance, of course, were the LSU Tigers. They lost 59-54 to in the opening round to Iowa State. I thought for sure we'd see an inspired performance by the Tigers. I really did. I, I thought... They were going to play with a lot of emotion. I thought they were going to come out and at least beat Iowa State. It was a favorable matchup for them, and they were the more athletic team, but that didn't matter. Tyrese Hunter lit them up from three-point range and just said, hey, guess what? Done. I mean, that's what that boiled down to. Done. Lit them up and sent the Tigers home packing early. He just shot the heck out of the ball. Credit LSU for coming back because they were down by 11 points in the second half. But Tyrese Hunter was just too good. And now LSU turns, tries to turn the page. They have recruits left and right that are decommitting or reopening their recruitment. That's happening for the team as they try to figure out who their next head coach is going to be and who they figure out if they're going to be suspended, if they're going to have scholarship reductions, what's going to happen, punishment courtesy of the NCAA. The LSU women, meanwhile, well, they received a bit of a scare. They opened up the NCAA women's tournament on Saturday at home in the PMAC. And they were down. And they were down late. Jackson State, the SWAC tournament champions, they were not playing around. They were not intimidated. They did not care about Kill Mulkey. They did not care about LSU. They were coming in there with a chip on their shoulder. They wanted to pull off the upset. They nearly do it, but credit Mulkey's team for finding themselves and finding their shot late as they pulled out the 83-77 win over the other Tigers from the SWAC. And now Kim's team will host Ohio State inside the PMAC tonight. Tip is set for 7 o'clock. And Kim Mulkey afterwards talked about looking ahead. And they looked ahead about Ohio State and in particular about the defense that the Buckeyes are going to be bringing inside the PMAC tonight.
4: Well that's their 2-2-1. I thought that um, the front of their 2-2-1 created a lot of problems. They would try to beat it on dribble penetration and they would trap and turn it over. Um, And they stay with their 2-2-1. It's not just something that they do out of desperation. It's something that they've committed to. I've seen them do it out of missed free throws. So um, they're committed to it. And um, it's a, a defense that you don't see a lot of people do. Um, on the women's side, much you usually see full court man-to-man pressing, but uh, they're committed to that two-two-one, and um, they also do a one-two-one-one one, one, trapping you in the corners, uh, and then they drop back to man, and then uh, I've seen a little three-two and a little two-three zone. You can't reinvent the wheel. There's only so many defenses you can do. They're not going to change who they are. We're not going to change who we are. And um,
1: so there you go. I mean, she she knows that. It may be not a favorable matchup for her team, but she's like, hey, they're going to play what they're going to play. We're going to play what we're going to play. And for her team, the seniors, you know, it'd be their final time tonight playing inside the Pete Maravich Assembly Center. She spoke about that afterwards.
4: Haven't talked to the seniors about that. I'm sure it goes through their mind that that'll be the last game tomorrow that they'll ever uh, play here, but I haven't discussed it with them. Uh, We've just been in the film room working. And uh, win or lose, it'll be emotional for them. I I know uh, it has to be. I mean, you're human and to think that. But you don't let that become the focus. The focus is Ohio State.
1: Focus is Ohio State. Sweet 16 birth is on the line for the LSU women's basketball team. And, you know, Kim afterwards talked about, you know, how fun tournament time is for coaches and players.
4: Ohio State wasn't even in the playoffs last year, right? Sanctions, right? Self-imposed sanctions. You think those kids aren't excited to be playing? That's why this basketball and March Madness, to all the people who love other sports, this is fun. You have Cinderella's. You have players you've never heard of that may have the best game of their life during March Madness. It's just a fun time for sports fans to click on a TV and just see some, some fun things. You, you see colleges and, and, and cheerleaders and, and bands and mascots and everybody just enjoying themselves. And um, it, it doesn't get any better than March Madness. It doesn't.
1: She's not wrong. She's not wrong. There's upsets on the women's side as well. Iowa got knocked off over the weekend. So, brackets are busted on that side of the leisure as well. So, the LSU women's basketball team will host, essentially, Ohio State tonight at the PMAC. And a berth to the Sweet 16 is on the line. Should be one heck of a game. Some contrasting styles there. Be interesting to see how Kim Mulkey's team responds. Woo! Good starts of to today's show. Excellent starts of to today's show. When we come back here on RP3 and Company, we'll unveil the poll question of the day, and we'll give you a recap from the Chittamacha, Louisiana Open presented by Mistros. Came down to a playoff hole. We'll talk about that next, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: RP3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves, just like his hero, Dale Murphy.
1: I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy.
0: Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beat. Twice. In the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and Company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Southwest Louisiana's Louisiana's sports Sports Station. station.
1: Uh, The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. Listen up. That includes you five names. That's because once you become a member of the Rewards Club, you will have the opportunity to win excellent, stupendous prizes like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. That's right. $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. We want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood. But you can only win that $50 gift certificate to half Shell Oyster House by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. It's free to do so. Ooh, little date night, half Show Oyster House. Maybe you should uh, bring it up in conversation to your fiancé, five names. And be like, hey, you know, we got this great deal we're giving away through the clubhouse. Half-shell oyster house. but Doesn't that sound nice? Just drop little hints, little crumbs, so to speak.
2: You know, as soon as I say that, he's going to go, well, can I not win because I'm marrying you? And I'm going to go,
1: yeah. Or or he could just take you to half-shell oyster house for a nice date night.
2: Good. I I told him. How about that? I mean, then again. How about that? His birthday is tomorrow, so somehow I'm going to learn how to cook a steak on on the pan, on the stove. I don't like using the grill because I don't want to – catch something on fire (laughs) so anyone has recipes for making steak on the stove hit me up because i'm making it tomorrow
1: (laughs) oh shout out to you five names shout out to you we have a poll question of the day i told you we would unveil it i'm not a liar i'm many things overweight Yes. Bald. Yes. Beautiful. Absolutely. Especially when I have a golf club in my hand. As it was well documented at the Chittimus, Louisiana Open Pro-Am afternoon edition last Wednesday. But one thing I'm not, I'm not a liar. I've got a poll question of the day to unveil to let you know about. Some of you have already seen it. Some of you have already voted on it. And dare I say, Some of you have even left comments. How surprised were you that Carlos Correa, a two time All Star, Gold Glove winner, World Series champion, rookie of the year, leaves the team that drafted him number one overall out of Puerto Rico and to go play for the Minnesota Twins? The Twins? Come on now. You left a contender to go play for the Twins, and his contract is not that much more than what the Astros were willing to pay. We're talking probably less than $5 million. And Carlos gets to opt out after a year. Like, he can go play for Minnesota, and then he has a built-in in in his contract to opt out after year one and year two. So it's essentially a one-year deal. You left Houston... You left the guys that you came up with? You left the guys that you went to three World Series with and won one in 2017 to go play for the Minnesota Twins? I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I don't get it. I hear Minnesota is lovely. Tom Poehler, who works up front here at Delta Media in the television division who we played the Pro-Am with. He was, I was paired up with him for our Pro-Am. He's originally from Minnesota. I hear it's lovely. But are the Twins in better shape to be a contender this year than the Astros? No. So I don't get this move, man. It's not an enormous amount of money. You don't get a ton more money. The money's not significant. You're not going to go play for a team that's a contender. I mean, does Carlos Correa just love Target? He wants to go play at Target Field? I don't know. It's curious to me. I was surprised. I was surprised that was the team. That's our poll question of the day. How surprised were you that Carlos Correa chose to sign with the Twins? Very surprised. 43% of the vote. Not surprised. 43% of the vote. Who out there is voting on this saying that they knew it was going to be the Twins? I think some of y'all fibbing this morning. say slightly surprised. Let's see, get to some comments. JPK, the OD. Not at all. Perfect setup for him. Short-term deal, setting up his mega retirement deal in a couple years. But it's Minnesota, JPK, the OD. You could have signed a short-term deal with opt-outs with the Astros. Ton says it's surprising only in that there's no real championship chasing there. It's not surprising when you think of the cash he was offered. Yeah, but the cash was not that much different. Brad on Twitter has chimed in. Don't care. I saw Kim Mulkey's former team went down in the second round. Nothing against Baylor, but it'll be funny if LSU advances to the Sweet 16. Brad inserting NCAA women's tournament discussion into the poll question of the day about Major League Baseball. Fans of our show, don't you ever change. Don't you ever change. We appreciate and love the fact that you see a poll question. You go, you know what? I don't care about that. I want to comment about something else. Here I am. Hear me roar. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. <laughs> Keep those comments coming on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> oh, y'all are awesome. Don't ever change. Seriously. Let's talk a little Chip of Louisiana Open presented by Mr. Ross. We were there all week. Broadcasting our shows, RP3 and Company, Footnotes, and our new show, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Entertaining tournament as always. Final day was no exception. Peter Ulin last year was tied for the lead on the 17th hole. The 17th hole. He bogeyed 17 last year, lost the championship by one stroke. This year, he comes behind. He's one stroke behind the leaders. He birdies 17. He pars 18. He's in the playoff. And his 18 putting to get into the playoff? Because his approach shot landed right on the edge of the bunker. So he had to putt from there and did a great two-putt up and down to save par on 18. He gets into playoff, 14 under par, and joining him in the playoff was not the guy that he was playing alongside. That young man missed his par putt on 18. It was a gentleman that had already turned in his scorecard earlier because he wasn't part of the leaderboard to start round four. But he shot five under. Carl Wan from China shoots a five under on Sunday. Puts himself in position. 14 under par. He's your early leader. Then it's going to be him and Peter Ulin for the playoff. They have to go back to 18- and you kept doing that. At the Chittamacha Louisiana Open, it's on the 18th hole, over and over again until you find a winner. The last time we had spectators at the tournament, we had a playoff, 2019. They both tee off great tee shots right in the middle of the fairway. You couldn't ask for more. And their approach shots were great. Carl's maybe 12, 13 feet away. 12 to 13 feet away from the hole. Peter gets even closer. He's within probably 7 to 8 feet. They both have opportunities to birdie. Carl goes first. He drains his putt. Birdie. Now the pressure's on Peter. He checks it out, and he just pushes the putt. Pushes the putt. And Carl... Wins The Chittamax, Louisiana Open, presented by Mistross in a playoff. Peter Eulin, meanwhile, has to finish his runner-up a second straight year. It's a tough pill to swallow. Tough pill to swallow. And Peter talked afterwards what he didn't do really well on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it was the same, same old. I mean, I, didn't, I think I was only one under on the fives. Missed a lot of greens today. Hadn't been, hit it pretty good the first three days, and today was bad. Made a bogey with a wedge. Didn't have any three-pods, but just, yeah, you know, just wasn't there, really. He wasn't really there. His whole back nine was nothing but pars except for 17. So, he had opportunities to get a crooked, you know, get the right number, but he wasn't able to do so. He was even par on the day until he got to 17. So, he was only one under for the round. Had the opportunity. And he was asked what it was like getting runner-up twice in a row. And he, this is what he had to say. That might be harder to do than a win. I finish runner-up twice. Um, I did that actually rarely enough in junior golf. This Orange Bowl event down in Florida. I finished runner-up three straight years. And I think that was more impressive than actually running. So, um, yeah, back-to-back back seconds is is what it is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed my time. and. Uh, I like I like coming here. Hopefully, hopefully I don't see you guys. Hopefully again, you don't see us I like it. So I'll be back in Zurich in, in, in a couple weeks or so. Gracious loser, gracious loser. Tough spot for Peter to be in. Carl, meanwhile, first win on the Corn Ferry Tour. He also did it on his birthday. It was technically his birthday in China when they uh, gave him the trophy. And it's technically his birthday in the States right now because of the time difference. And he was asked, what it was like winning the championship on his birthday?
5: Oh, yeah, of course it is. My wife said uh, when the birthday boy got to win one. So I really believed in her. And uh, I did it the whole day, even though I was uh, feel feel bad to start. But uh,
0: yeah, I was really happy how I played today.
1: And he was also asked, how did it feel to finally... Come out on top in winning a championship.
5: Definitely a lot. I mean, first those two top three finish. I came really close to the win as well. Uh, even though I didn't get a job done, but I learned a lot from those and uh, really improved it in the like last couple of weeks. Have a better mindset, better better stuff coming down the, the stretch. So I know what to do a little better. And uh, glad I performed and uh,
1: got it done this week. So, congratulations to Carl Juan on winning his first Corn Ferry Tour event. He got the big check, he got the big trophy that weighed like 40 pounds. Massive thing. And shout out to Danny Jones and company, all the volunteers, all the people there at Latreon Golf and Country Club. All the people that helped put on this event, they did a sensational job. Spectators were back. It was great seeing the grain stands full on 18. Another successful week for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open presented by Mistross. We got to take a timeout, wrap-up hour number one, coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Hangout Music Fest is returning this summer to Gulf Shores in the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music and fun in the sun. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, Megan Thee Stallion, and of course Kevin Foote's favorite, the Doja Cat. That's just to name a few. That's the Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama, when VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. That's going to do it for hour number one. Woo! Jam-packed hour number one. Hour number two is going to be just as jam-packed, but we'll more than be more than happy to take your phone calls. Game hotline's open, 337-706-0111. You're listening to Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. This is what happens. Oh, there'll be no dancing at the top of this hour. You know, you give someone the opportunity to get their foot into the business. You see something in somebody and you go, you know what? This young lady, she's more than an intern. She's got something else inside of her. Let's get her here in the station. Let's let's get her to be a weekend producer. Let's get her to be a board op for high school football. Let's get her some other jobs around the other Delta Media properties, the sister stations. And then you have the faith in her to be able to handle being the producer extraordinaire, the new producer extraordinaire. And you hire. And then a few months later, she wins radio student broadcaster of the year. And then less than a week after, when you're back in the studio reunited and you're trying to talk to her about something, she just scoffs at you and ignores you. Big times by five names already. Unbelievable. (laughs) I know not. (laughs) You should see your face
2: right now. It's so easy. You aren't calling me out. (laughs) So you not saying anything. And me making sure that our sister station is up and working. And making sure that it's new. (laughs) And everything's updated. (laughs) And it's not updating. So I grunt. Because I'm pissed (laughs) off it's not Uh, updating. Okay. It's on me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> on me, man. Yep.
1: So easy. It's so easy. Nothing but love five names. Aren't you glad I'm back in the studio with you?
2: Uh, yes. <laughs>
1: no. So
2: excited. The lights are back. You on know how again. many times
1: <laughs> Foot and I, by the way, Kevin was out covering the tournament for The Advocate. So he was out there all weekend just like I was. So you know how many times during the tournament, when we had people that were just listening to the station, fans of the station, or people that Kevin knew, asked about you. Where's five names? Where's five names at? I was like, we're we're letting five names have a day off. <laughs> she she was already out for the shenanigans on Wednesday for the pro am. Documenting your yours truly. That was uh, that was a sight to behold. That was a sight to behold. So we literally
2: walked all that way to come find you and you hit the ball fourteen feet.
1: You're correct.
2: <laughs> it was
1: not it was it was not amazing.
2: It was like, oh, that was a great forty five minute trek, man.
1: You got your steps in. Think of it that way. And you got to see me embarrass myself. So that yeah. should have been worth it right there.
2: My watch literally lit up and it says Are you starting a workout? And I was like <laughs> Might as well be.
1: That is uh, phenomenal. That is phenomenal. Good job, five names. I tried. Great job. Great job. Proud of you. Oh, man. What a weekend. What a weekend, right? Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, presented by Mistross, goes to a playoff hole on Sunday. Carl Juan of China wins the tournament. His first win on the Corn Ferry Tour. Got to give a shout-out to Sam Burns former LSU star, repeating as the Valspar Championship champion. That was the PGA Tour event that was going on this past weekend. He won that in a playoff. So he had plenty of golf to focus in on. Of course, you had the NCAA men's tournament and women's tournament going on. LSU's run never got off the ground as they lost – to 11-seed Iowa State in the opening round. Now they'll try to turn the page, try to find their new head coach. And as recruits are decommitting and as others are reopening their recruitment, that's going to be the fallout there at LSU, as they're definitely facing probably some sort of probation and punishment by the NCAA. The tournament itself, bananas. Baylor, one seed, gone. Kentucky, Auburn, both two seeds, they're gone. They don't even make it past the first weekend. Wisconsin, Tennessee, three seeds, they're gone. Unbelievable. Just an unbelievable, great start to the tourney. You had four seeds, seated lower than 10, including 15-seed St. Peter's, make it to the Sweet 16. You got some great Sweet 16 matchups. In elite possible Elite Eight matchups as well this coming week. Yeah, the tournament going on. Bracket is officially busted for you, boy. Just, I mean, I still have my national championship match between Gonzaga and Arizona. But I only have four of the Elite Eight teams. <laughs> I only have four teams that are possible to even making to the to the Elite Eight. So yeah, the bracket, mm, it's not looking good, Bob. It's not good. He told good. me I
2: had to do one. I was like, no, I do one. So I went from the first, like, four or five matchups that we had already had played, and I made the rest of it. I'm doing pretty good.
1: Oh, 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 look who's feeling good about themselves. Good for you. Take, be a little braggadocious this morning.
2: I still, well, the championship teams I had, are, they're not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> i had a baylor and auburn but <laughs> of what's left running around it is doing pretty nice
1: there you go there you go oh man as for the diamond we already told you carlos carrea for some reason decided to uh pick the minnesota twins signed a deal with them I know he's getting paid a lot of money, but he could have paid comparable money by the Astros and still be with a contender. Is Minnesota a contender? I know they've made some moves this offseason, but I don't see it. And it was a rough weekend on the diamond, wasn't it? For multiple teams. LSU loses two of three at Texas A&M to open up. I'm sorry, at home against Texas A&M to open up SEC play. And they nearly lost game three. They they salvage. Sunday's game by coming back and winning it to avoid being swept. But that's not the optimal start to SEC play, and I've talked about it over and over again. We're going to find out a lot about LSU when SEC play comes around. Not a great start for the Tigers. It was even worse for the Cajuns. They opened up Sunbelt Conference play, Matt Deggs' team did, by being swept by Troy. Swept. Ooh. The pitching is the big question mark for this team. Bullpen in particular is a big question mark. It raised its ugly head over the weekend when they were in Alabama for that Sunbelt Conference series. Pitching is also an issue for LSU by the way. And McNeese they dropped two of three to Eastern Illinois. Eastern Illinois. They take a series over Stony Brook but then lose a series to Eastern Illinois. So I sat there and told you, hey, I feel pretty confident that LSU and uh, UL and McNeese could all be regional teams this year. I did that last week, I do believe, on Friday. I was proven to be a little premature with my confidence in those three teams, because there's still plenty of work to be done there. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on our guy, Doug, who's been patiently waiting. Doug, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend?
3: Morning, morning, Ray finally back to
1: work huh brother oh yeah oh back at working and 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 the work wife is cracking the whip brother
3: i know well you left a hole in the bag for a week man you had to do all the work i mean what what do you expect you know you should have come in this morning with some breakfast or something you know bowl of
1: cereal oh oh oh, dog i should have my man calling me out Saying, hey, brother. Uh, okay, hey, I, that's fair, bud. That's nah, fair.
3: Well, you know, Ray, you know. You know, you know I love Hannah, man. Uh, somebody's got to back her up. But listen, Ray, you were right. I, I want to uh, back you up on your comment at the beginning of the season, the Tiger baseball, when uh, after that main game, you were telling everybody to pump the brakes on this Tiger team, and you're exactly right. I mean, it was just terrible. I, I just don't get what Coach J.J. is doing. I, I, the way he goes through that bullpen is just it's mind-boggling. Why I, Why use so many pitchers in a game? It's, I can't understand. And money. I don't know if money is the Friday starter, Ray. And I don't know who could be the Friday starter. It, it's just they, they got a good offense. They've got their good at bat. The pitching is – got to settle down and – bigger out there, the pitching lineup, uh, and the Lady Tigers, they go and uh, win the series against the number two team in the nation, and they go to Texas, and they get swept by Texas. Uh, It's like, man, I tell you, it was a terrible weekend for baseball, Ray. I was frustrated.
1: Yeah. Anyway,
3: welcome back, Ray.
1: Thank you, bud. Thank you. Doug is, you know, If you become so famous where you're going to need security detail, Doug leads it. Doug's your guy.
2: Oh, yeah. He's been my guy since I was working Saturdays. (laughs) Yes. He was so upset when he said I was leaving. I was like, Gracie, I have to call during the week now. (laughs) He's like, well, I do. I do. I make sure I call in the morning. I said, okay. (laughs) He is my number one fan. Out of all of our listeners, number one fan is him.
1: Number one fan Indiana comes in a second. There we go. Number one fan. Number one fan. Yeah, it was. Look, LSU dropping two or three to Texas A&M. Cajuns getting swept by Troy. McNeese dropping two or three at home to Eastern Illinois. Raging Cajun softball needed everything they they could muster to win the series. They dropped another game. This is back to back weekends. And and Foote can talk on speak on this a little bit more because he's your Raging Cajun softball expert. I've covered the team, but I'm not nearly the expert that he is. Georgia State and Georgia Southern are two of the worst programs in the conference, and the Cajuns have lost a game to each one of those teams. They typically don't lose at all to those teams. I've said it before. I fully expect Jerry Glasgow's team to get better as the season progresses. They're going to drop a Sunbelt Conference Series. That streak of now up to 66, right? Consecutive Sunbelt Series victories for the program, that's going to get snapped this year. It just is. They're too flawed. They're too young and they're too flawed. And where are they going to get quality wins? Like, we're getting to the point with them dropping games against wildly inferior competition. That they may not. They're they're in danger if they don't win the Sunbelt Conference Tournament not getting into an NCAA regional because they haven't beat anybody. They haven't defeated anyone that's worth note. The opportunities they've had against LSU twice, Alabama twice, Texas twice, they lost all those games. And now they're losing, they're winning the series, but they're losing... Matchups and it's a it and it's taking work to win these series. It's not the effortless performance that we expect from the Raging Cajun softball team. They're having to work at it, having to work at it. So, whew, and then LSU, LSU softball all around on the diamond. It was a bit of a Pabon weekend, as I like to say. Poll question of the day. We asked you. It's about Carlos Correa. How surprised were you that Carlos chose to sign with the Twins? 50% of you say very surprised. 29% of you say not surprised. 21% say slightly surprised. Robert Dupleshan just has a very what I call efficient comment. What an idiot. Dot, 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 dot. I mean, I get it. He's going to make an enormous amount of money, and he can opt out after one year and then hit the free. I think, th- I think that's the part of it, right? I don't know why the deal broke down. We'll find out as the week progresses when we talk to people that cover this team, and they'll be able to kind of figure it out for us and report it to us. I'd be willing to bet you the Astros didn't want to do the opt-outs. This feels like not a player move. This feels like an agent move saying, hey, yeah, we'll take this much money, but we want to opt out. We want to have the abilities to opt out if we choose to. And if you're the Astros, you're like, well, no, we're putting this deal on the table. Just take it. Let's let's run this back. Let's do this again. The agent wants his client to be able to hit the free agent market yet again in a year or two years. This is what this is about. Oh, has contracts gone up again? Oh, did my guy have another all star season? Well, guess what? His rate just went up. Time to hit the free agent market again. This is what this is about. This is exactly what it's about. Shortstops, all star shortstops who can hit are premium players. Carlos's agent has stepped in and said, well, I'm going to give my guy an opportunity not once but twice in the next couple of years to get out of this contract, which he's getting paid an enormous amount of money for so he can get even more money. This is an agent move all day long. And once again, Twins are a nice organization. They have some history. They have had postseason failure for 20 years. Can Carlos turn that around being the three World Series? Possibly. Maybe. Sure. Maybe they can get to the postseason. Maybe they can do some damage. Or maybe they'll be barely 500. I don't know. It's a curious move. It feels like the type of move the agent convinces his client to make for financial reasons. Because if you were looking at staying in Houston, on one of these short-term deals, staying in Houston – Getting paid an enormous amount of money just to come back for a year or two to stay in Houston, get another uh, chance to win a championship, and then become a free agent again in a year or two? That's the move. That's the one that makes sense. Going to play for the Minnesota Twins? I don't know, man. I don't know. Seems off. Seems a little odd. Seems like this is the type of move that has an agent's fingertips on. All fingerprints all over it. All over. We got to take a timeout. Keep those phone calls coming. Hotline's open. 337 706 0111. That's 337 706 0111. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 21st, 2019, in a 5-4 victory over the Oakland A's in Tokyo, Seattle Mariners star right fielder Ichiro Suzuki finishes his pro career with a record 4,367 base hits, playing in both the NPB and MLB. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: welcome back to rp3 and company i'm your host raymond parch the third better known as the rp3 the big bald and beautiful one Woo! good start to today's show good state good start to today's show good response on the poll question of the day got a phone call from doug always makes our day better the producer extraordinaire and Lab. Student Broadcaster of the Year for Radio is already cracking the whip now that I'm back in the studio. She's not putting up with my shenanigans. Not going to tolerate them? Nope. Not going to do it. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. If you'd like to call and support Hannah Five Names whipping me back into shape, feel free to do so. Hotline's open 337-706-0111. So much happened over the weekend. We've spent a lot of today's show talking about the NCAA tournament, the absolute madness. Of that has been four teams seated lower than 10, including 15-seed St. Peter's has advanced to the Sweet 16. A one-seed, two twos and two threes didn't even make it out of the first weekend. Not a great time to go chalk on the old bracket, as your boy RP3 did. LSU, of course, eliminated early. They don't get out of the first round as they lose to Iowa State, the lower seed, back on Friday up in Milwaukee. The women's team receives a scare on Saturday inside the PMAC from Jackson State, but they pull out the victory there, and they'll play Ohio State tonight inside the PMAC with a berth to the Sweet 16 on the line. But there was also much to get to on the diamond and in the National Football League. It's time for us to talk about the weekend that was.
0: Whether you're working or helping your wife shop for curtains, serenity now. You'll be brought up to speed on the highlights you may have missed. Thank you you've been happy. Here is the weekend that was on RP3 and Company.
1: How about a little NFL to start off with? Joe Burrow gets some help. I have been s- screaming about Please help that man. Please help that man because they need to. Sacked more than 70 times last season. Still got his team to the Super Bowl. Better offensive line. They probably win that game. Probably win that game. But Cincinnati decided to wait till this offseason, and they are being aggressive. Already added Alex Kappa from the Tampa Bay Bucks guard. Well, guess what? Lyle Collins. He decided to sign with the Cincinnati Bengals as well. Said the first thing he said to Joe Burrow, your new bodyguard is in town. When he talked to his QB, he said in a video statement released by the team. Your new bodyguard is in town. And credit the Bengals. They have added offensive lineman Lyle Collins, Ted Karras, and Alex Kappa during free agency to help protect Joe Burrow. We talked about with our guy, right, from Cincy Jungle, about this. Our buddy, Mr. Sheeran. about They needed to go after and sign, either sign, trade, or draft, at least three offensive linemen. And here we stand, March 21st. And credit the Cincinnati Bengals, I didn't think they had it in them, to actually be invested in protecting their most valuable asset, their franchise quarterback, Joe Burrow. Three new offensive linemen coming in, reshuffling that offensive line. That is awesome to hear. For the Saints, missed out on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes as he went to Cleveland. What? The Browns are going to make him the highest-paid player. Like, a guy didn't play at all last year. The guy is facing 22 civil suits. He's going to be suspended. And the Browns gave up a ton of picks, and they renegotiated his contract, and they're going to make him the highest-paid player. Okay. What does that do for the quarterback shuffle? We don't know yet. Jameis Winston is still probably number one target for the Saints, but the Indianapolis Colts are interested as well. I think it's going to depend on where Baker Mayfield goes, to be perfectly frank with you, because rumors are the Colts and the Seahawks both have expressed an interest to trade for the former starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns and Heisman Trophy winner, Baker Mayfield. But the Saints could be in the mix too. So we're about to find out in a few days here what's going to happen with the Saints. I know Winston is their priority, but with flirting with Deshaun Watson, did that open up the door for another team to come in and say, hey, you know what? If that team wanted you, they would have gave you a contract, Jameis. They wanted that other guy instead. They wanted that other guy instead, man. We want you. Here's a contract. Boom, we want you to be our starting quarterback. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the Saints in their quarterback situation because that was the danger of trying to gamble to get Deshaun Watson. Do you open up the door for another team to poach Jameis Winston, and then you turn around, you don't have Deshaun Watson or Jameis Winston, and then you're sitting there going, oh, what? Hopefully that won't be the case, but you open up the door for that to happen. Matthew Stafford got paid as well over the weekend. Rams locked him up as expected. That was going to happen. And the whole narrative on Stafford now has changed, right? He led the team on a playoff run and helped him win a Super Bowl. Rams also have added Allen Robinson. But over the weekend the Rams and Matthew Stafford are close in on contract extension. Massive deal. 160 million dollar contract extension. They lock up Stafford who will likely now retire as a member of the Los Angeles Rams. So, plenty of money flying around in the National Football League. Nothing involving the Saints. Something to keep an eye on. What's going to happen with Jameis Winston? Is he going to be poached by someone else? Oh, and Teron Armstead apparently is flying down this morning to South Florida to Miami to go interview and be wine and dined by the Dolphins who are looking to improve their offensive line. So, you gamble, you try to get Deshaun. I get it. I understand. But there's a lot of other pieces now going. If Armstead now leaves and goes to the Dolphins, now you got to find a new left tackle. Who's that left tackle going to be? Are you going to move Ramchek over? Are you just going to have Hurst play at left tackle and maybe draft a a younger player in the draft to do that? Can you bring back Jameis Winston? How much is that going to cost you now? Because there's teams out there that need quarterbacks, in particular the Indianapolis Colts. And if they don't get Baker Bayfield. What happens there? If you're the Saints, do you get Baker Mayfield? Do you still try to make a run at Jarvis Landry? Reports all the Browns want Jarvis Landry to come back. Well, now you got Deshaun Watson. If you're Jarvis Landry, do you simply go back to Cleveland instead of coming home? The Deshaun Watson decision to go to Cleveland is going to have ripple effects. Going to have ripple effects. So we'll see. We keep an eye on those things, give you any updates as they occur, especially any updates involving the New Orleans Saints. But we got to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to talk all things LSU. Bad weekend on the diamond for the Tigers. Bad night up in Milwaukee for the men's basketball team. And a heck of a scare for the women's team. Saturday night inside the PMAC. To break it all down for us will be Jeff Palermo, co-host of Tiger Rag Radio and sports director for the Louisiana Radio Network. He'll join us live next. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: At RP3 and Company, we talk about the sports you know and love. Baseball, football, basketball, and soccer? Isn't this
4: great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go.
0: Okay, maybe not soccer, but we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and Company on The Game. game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: The game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil brought to you by J&J exterminating Kramer equipment and Cody's crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, a burner, a paddle, an ice chest, a tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to a Houston Astros game. What? Sensational price package. Sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from Jane j Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the Game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Ultimate crawfish boil. Woo! Had some boiled seafood over the weekend. Oh, man. Had some boiled crawfish, boiled shrimp. Good. It was good. Had a good weekend. Five names. We had Bull Crawfish, Bull Sea, Bull Shrimp one night. The wife and I had date night. Daughter had her first sleepover at a friend. Monumental. We'll talk more about it later. I know you're going to want to know all the details, all the deets, as they like to say. It was sensational. The little girl's house that she spent the night at raised the bar for what sleepovers are going to be. It was like, oh, that's so awesome. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, now we're going to have to do something just as good. Oh, <laughs> but also had date night went out and saw a movie as well. So. Good weekend. Busy weekend. Not a great weekend if you were a Tiger fan. Baseball dropped 2 of 3, salvaged the series by not being swept yesterday. Softball <sighs> not good against Texas. Men's basketball team didn't even get to the round of 32 and the women got a heck of a scare put into them on saturday night to break it all down for us is the man from tiger rag radio our good friend jeff palermo jeff good morning to you brother how are you my friend oh i'm doing well
6: raymond yeah it was a rough weekend for lsu and gymnastics they finished fifth in the uh, sec championships which,
1: i couldn't believe that
6: uh yeah that's about as uh, low as they finished in a long time so yeah uh, but hey, uh, Ed Orgeron
1: was in Cabo shirtless, so we got that going for him. <laughs> hey, uh, shirtless and mean mugging some guy at the bar, gave him the death stare. I was like, "Come on, man!" Oh, Cocho, Cocho, God bless him. Oh, All man. right, let's uh, let's start on the hardwood first. Men's basketball team. I thought this was a favorable matchup for LSU. I thought they matched up well against Iowa State. I thought they were going to be the more athletic team. And I thought they were going to play inspired basketball because they were going to rally because their coach had been fired. Uh, they they made a little bit of a rally late, but it wasn't enough. Iowa State beats them, and Hal's moved on to the Sweet 16. What do you make of what you saw from the men's basketball team?
6: Well, it was a lot of what we've seen in most of conference play, right? Um, you know, early fouls, getting guys in foul trouble. Um, Really unable to make a lot of threes while the other team just uh, hit some big ones, um, you know, especially the the two there at at the end that were from way downtown, as they say. Um, you, you know, just not not a great offensive game for LSU. I, I, I mean, I don't know how different that game would have played out if Will Wade was on the sidelines because it was a lot of what we saw during the course of the uh, SEC portion of the schedule uh, that th- this team just, um, just didn't have enough offensive firepower and uh, committed way too many fouls and it just, uh, it just hurt them. And so um, I think in the end, uh, you know, I, I, I know, <laughs> I know you want to see LSU go on a run in the tournament and, and that, that would be a great story, but, um, it, it might be just time to to kind of turn the page and, and see what Scott Woodward does uh, as far as hiring a new head coach.
1: Turning the page, who they're going to bring in. I've seen chatter about Samson at Houston being a guy, and my first response to that is, Jeff, are you really going to bring in a guy that had major NCAA violations at not one but two different programs for recruiting to replace a guy who you had to fire for NCAA violations due to recruiting?
6: No, I don't think you bring him in. I I mean, I think the name that seems interesting at the the moment is uh, Matt McMahon, the head coach at Murray State. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, Jeff Goodman, who uh, works for the stadium, was uh, the first that tweeted that uh, McMahon was in the mix for the uh, LSU opening. Um, And so – and then also – yeah, so I, I, I kind of like that one. Um, I, you know, I don't know – I mean, I don't think you're going to be able to pull a coach from another Power 5 school just because of the potential sanctions. So I, I like the idea of getting a mid-major coach and a mid-major coach that's been at a place for a while and has built a program there. I mean, they've gone to the NCAA tournament three times in the seven years there at Murray State. They just went 31-3 and three this past season. Uh, he helped uh, – he recruited John Morant. And um, so, obviously, he's got an eye for talent and helped develop him. So, th- there's a lot to like about him. Um, and I kind of – I mean, if Scott Woodward's able to pull that off, if you, if you're going to look at the – number of mid-major coaches, I, I, I think he would be the guy, uh, you know, the, the guys that I don't like when power five schools take these mid-major coaches is, you know, a coach that just happens to go on a, you know, a magical run, you know, and, and get, and wins a game in the NCAA tournament. But the rest of the resume is, is very, there's not much to it. There's not much meat on it, uh, but I, that doesn't seem the case with a coach like Matt McMahon. And again, it's another young coach. I kind of like the idea of that. You know, sometimes when you're making coaches changes, you go from uh, the the one, one, for instance, uh, you know, you go from Will Wade and maybe next time you're looking for an older coach. I I don't have a problem going with a younger coach because again, I think you're going to be hit with some NCAA penalties and it's going to take you a few years to kind of get you back to where you're, uh, consistently in the NCAA tournament, like Will Wade has had this program, so I think you'd want a younger coach that's gonna you're gonna want to be patient with uh, a guy, and again, a guy that's shown the ability to build a program, kind of like uh, finding someone like that. So hopefully uh, that's the guy that uh, Scott Woodward closes in on. But then again, you never know with Scott uh, that there could be uh, some guys out there that no one really is considering, and he's got an eye on, and he thinks would be a, a good a good addition or, or, or the right man to lead the LSU men's basketball program.
1: Let's talk about the women's program. Uh, Jackson state was not intimidated. They did not care about the PMAC. They did not care about the crowd. Uh, heck their band even played neck uh, on, on Saturday night and they came in and they gave LSU everything they could handle any concerns for the tigers based on what you saw and how they struggled for good portion of that game against Jackson state.
6: I think it is concerning, and I understand that there are more upsets now in women's basketball tournament than we've seen in recent years. Looks like there's a lot more parity when it comes to women's basketball, but that still wasn't a good sign. Now, there's there's obviously a couple factors. You're, you're trying to get Alexis Morris back into the swing of things. Uh, LSU had the very long layoff uh, in between playing in the FCC tournament and then its first game in the NCAA tournament. Uh, this was the first time that actually Kim Mulkey had gone through that because the Big 12 tournament plays their women's basketball tournament a weekend later than the SEC tournament. So Kim Mulkey never had this extended layoff when she was the head coach at Baylor. So this was the first time that she was trying to get to a right to. to manage that situation so uh, but I don't know how much rust you can say there was here I mean this is uh, because LSU had what seemed to be kind of a commanding halftime lead they were up by a double digits or close to it and then Jackson State just went out of tear in the third quarter and ended up having a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter and uh, to me that's that's concerning I mean just 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 the last couple of games that LSU has played here you know, Losing to Kentucky in the SEC tournament, now here against Jackson State, you just hope that this is not a team that peaked too early. Uh, but thank goodness they got a player like Kayla Pointer, who, when she needs to get buckets, she's going to get buckets, and she hits some big ones down the stretch. They may need another big game from her. But uh, tonight is concerning. If Ohio State hits a bunch of three-pointers against LSU, uh, that is uh, trouble for the Lady Tigers. They're not a great three-point shooting team, so if Ohio State goes out there and hits, you know, eight, nine, ten, or ten threes, and LSU only hits three or so, um, obviously LSU's at a disadvantage there, and uh, that could present a problem. So I, I don't think it's uh, a given that LSU will get a win here tonight against Ohio State.
1: Jeff, let's switch over to the diamond. I've said for for weeks here we're not going to know about this LSU baseball team about midway th- midway through SEC play, and you can't go over the moon about performances against Maine and Bethue Cookman, y- yeah yeah because they haven't really played anybody and when they have they've lost Louisiana Tech, Texas Baylor. That reared its head again over the yeah. weekend against texas a&m they they avoid being swept but man they came close to being swept by an sec team in the west division what do you make of what you saw from jay johnson's team over the weekend
6: yeah this is um i mean that was that was a big come from behind win yesterday to be down six to two and figure out a way to win that game nice job out of the bullpen uh for the tigers um but you know we've talked a little bit about this Raymond we, we they don't have a dominant starter. Uh, I'm not sure what the situation is now with Blake money um, he didn't he didn't look great on Saturday uh, Mikhail Hilliard a veteran guy you're expecting him to kind of hold the fork down he didn't pitch very well Ty Floyd is is pretty much a fastball pitcher and that's about it so you, you really can't depend on him going long in games and going through an order two or three times and getting outs. So they're going to have to piece it together every game and every game is going to be a struggle. What would really help is if this team can clean it up defensively. They committed two errors in every game yeah. this past weekend. And it is just, and a lot of people will look, okay, Jacob Berry's not a good defender, but there's just a lot of mistakes being made out there. I mean, it just, and, it, and it's just not the, 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 fielding errors. There's also, uh, you know, throws into the infield and the communication and stuff like that. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of things. I mean, I would, I would, I just sometimes like what was, what would be going on right now in the LSU baseball fandom if Paul Benary was still the head coach. They would be crucifying this guy right now based on how they're playing on the field. It's just not its just not up to the standard of, of what you would want out of a college baseball team that you're expecting to go to the College World Series with. And I know Jay Johnson and his coaching staff is well aware of it, and he talked about it a lot yesterday, that they just got to keep working on it. You know, they, they can't make a trade right now for a gold glove the position player. They, they, they the players they have is what they got and they got to keep working at it. It's a kind of a mindset. And maybe this thing will straighten itself up, but we've played 20 games now and it's it's more than just a slump. It's it's kind of who they are. That they're just they're just going to make mistakes in the field, throwing errors and not catching grounders and or handling grounders easily and that's a struggle, and so that's a, that's an issue when you have a lot of question marks at pitching staff, and I mean a lot. I mean, Jay Johnson said yesterday, you're starting pitchers for Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this week, TBA, 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 TBA. I mean, they, literally, they, they are going it by inning by inning as far as pitching-wise goes, and that's very difficult. And again, this is not what he wants. This is kind of what they have to do, and then eventually – once he's here a while and can get his uh, foothold as far as recruiting, he wants established starters for the weekend and for the midweek, but they don't have that right now. And then you got your fielders not making plays behind them. Uh, And then all it takes is a couple guys to kind of slump a little bit, you know, Trey Morgan didn't have any hits Friday and Saturday and, and, and that's, that's going to cost you games. And so it's, it's a struggle. I mean, it's the, the thought that this is a top-ten team is it, they're not. They're not a top-ten team, and I think they're going to have to fight and scratch just to get into the NCAA tournament.
1: Jeff, appreciate you, Tom, but i got to let you go. I'm up against a break. Enjoy your week, my friend.
6: All right, you too, Raymond. Thanks.
1: we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. are you tired of living with chronic pain knee pain joint pain listen carefully because now there are new treatments available not talking surgery or steroids these are regenerative treatments from the medical professionals at qc kinetics hey raymond parts the third here qc kinetics is the leader in these exciting biological therapies that help restore and repair damaged tissue in your joints with lasting results if you got pain in your knees shoulders hip or back joint pain that won't go away you need to check out these new treatments with astonishing patient satisfaction reports they can actually help your body restore and repair itself with no downtime no drugs no surgery call now to schedule your free consultation at qc kinetics 337-243-4222 you need to learn more about how biological therapies are changing the way we think about dealing with joint pain it's exciting stuff Don't wait. Call today. QC Kinetics, 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three. We'll kick it off with Jay Walker, voice of the Raging Cajuns. That's next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Everything, 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 gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts Third, better known as RP3.
1: college baseball season is about 20 games in now. And Matt Deggs' squad, I'm still trying to figure them out. I'm still trying to figure them out a little bit. They have talent. Make no bones about that. When, when people told us that this may be the most athletic team they've seen for the Raging Cajuns baseball team since 2014, they're not lying. The pitching, though, is the big question mark in the bullpen in particular, and it raised its head over the weekend. And look, some people are going to be upset. Oh, I can't believe they lost to Troy. Should the Raging Cajuns beat Troy? Yes. Is Troy pretty good this year? I mean, this is the same team. Didn't they take a series from Indiana? And Indiana whooped up on the Cajuns at the Round Rock tournament. So not to jump to too many conclusions, not to... Go crazy about this, okay? But the Cajuns are still a 500-ball club right now, and we're about 20 games in. There's still time for them to turn a corner. still time for them to kind of find themselves, so to speak. But it's only going to get more difficult. It's only going to get more difficult for them. To break it all down for us on where the baseball team is right now is – the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. It's time for us to talk with Jay Walker.
0: Listen up, UL fans. It's time to talk all things Raging Cajuns with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker. Here is Colin Cajuns on RP3 and Company.
1: Jay, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend?
7: I'm uh, I'm doing fine. And, And look, you broke it down, so I'm going now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I was just setting the table, bud. I'm letting you let, let, letting you do all the hard work. Okay, let's let, let's let's start with the bullpen. Is that the biggest issue right now, as it stands on March 21st for this for this team?
7: You know, I I I think it's consistency all the way around. I think it's consistency with your starting pitching. It's consistency with your middle relief. It's consistency uh, at the end of the game. You know, Jeff Wilson was the Sun Belt Conference Pitcher of the Week a week ago, and he couldn't get out of the, the fourth inning um, in the game on Sunday. Uh, so it, it's not just the bullpen, Ray. It's it's everybody. <laughs> it's everybody, and being consistent. You know, um, during the week at McNeese, you know, Dylan Toy got roughed up a little bit. He can't, he comes in yesterday, and he looks like he's all world. So you know, it's it's all about being consistent and and I don't know of too many folks that can say they've been consistent so far this year
1: no I mean and look at lack of consistency over in Baton Rouge over the weekend as well so I mean they're and and over to our friends in Lake Charles Uh, it's it's been one of those kind of years where yeah we're 20 games in but teams are still trying to figure out how to be consistently playing at a high level day in day out and the Cajuns are no different um, you know, you mentioned the consistency, it's just not the bullpen, it's the starting pitching as well. Uh do you believe though this is something that can be simply fixed? Is this a mindset by the players? Is this is something that coach Deggs can fix with extra practice or training or, or what do you think it's going to be to get this team to be more consistent, Jay? Uh
7: that's way above my pay grade, brother. I um I I don't know. I, I Right now, okay, 18 games, 19 games into the season, they are who they are, and whether that changes or not remains to be seen. You know, maybe they just are who they are. On the other hand, maybe uh, some guys are still adjusting to Division One baseball. Some guys are, you know, uh, you know, need to go ahead and and, uh, develop a a, a mental mindset. I I mean, I don't have the answers um, because I'm. I feel like I know this game a little bit but I I can't I can't fix the pitching staff. I mean I'm, I I just don't know what it is with this team except that they have talent. Okay? They've got some talent. They don't have Connor Cook. Okay? They don't they don't have Eric Getty, No. But they have some talent and I think the talent is deep on this team. But you know, you can't you can't go in and uh, and be a world beater one day and then not be able to throw strikes the next. I mean, you, you, consistency is key, and so far they just haven't been consistent.
1: And that's and, and that's fair. And look, and 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 a season has ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys, as they like to say, Jay. I mean, do I expect this this pitching staff, whether it's starters or the bullpens uh, or the bullpen, to continue giving up? Uh, you know, a a total of 27 runs in four games? No, right? I mean, we we expect that to be better. (laughs) You know, that's what's happened in the last four games. Let's look ahead. They have to go down to Thibodeau uh, to take take on a pretty good Colonels team there at Nichols, and then it's the big series against the arch rival when it comes to baseball. South Alabama comes to town for a three-game set at the Teague. Uh, what do you expect in these matchups against the Colonels and the Jaguars?
7: I, um, I, I think the game against Nichols will be interesting because it's going to be Seth Thibodeau's first trip back um, to Nichols. So I, I think there's a story within the story there. Um, you know, when, when the schedule came out, I looked at it and I said, you know, not only are you sitting there playing Irvine and Southern Miss and Houston and Round Rock, all of that. But then conference play starts. You have to go to Troy, and and Troy is a pretty good baseball team. I found out over the weekend they're better than I thought they were because they can pitch. Um, then you come home to face the preseason favorite who, who I think, when you look at it, is the best team in the league until somebody beats them. And then Georgia Southern – who, in case you haven't noticed, wakes up today with an RPI of 10. (laughs) So not only did you have the rough preseason schedule, but you're facing, outside of Texas State, the three best teams in the league, right off the bat in conference play. The good news is you're going to get two of them at home.
1: That is is the good news. You get them at home, get that home field advantage with all the fans there at the Teague. Jay what about you know we knew this team was going to be able to hit that they're going to be athletic anything surprise you right now to this point of the season with the lineup anything kind of curious both good or bad
7: I I I don't know no um I don't think so um you know I do think that the absence of Max Marshock has hurt this team more than people thought it would um you know, such a catalyst at the top of the lineup, he can manufacture a run all by himself. And I, I you know, Will Bayon's done a very nice job, but but he's a different player, different type of player. Um, you know, Tyler Robertson still hadn't figured it out yet this year. Uh, he did hit a home run in the game on Saturday, but he still he still doesn't look comfortable uh, at the plate. Um, you know, Rockaforte and Kimple, and Hood, and DeBarge have all been pretty solid. When you get Marshak back, what's going to happen is you're going to putty up the holes in the lineup because Marshak will go out to center field. Rocco will play first. Tyler Robertson will probably play third. Rinconis moves over to second. And now, if you look, now you've got a lineup that you go, you know what? There's nobody that comes up that, that you say, uh, okay, well, this guy's probably going to make an out. Because um, Rinconis is starting to figure it out. I mean, he's hitting five straight, and he's got his batting average up near the 200 mark. And this is a guy who, at the, going into Sunday against Houston, was hitting 040. So he's starting to figure it out, and he's solid defensively. So Marshak, when he comes back, I think helps this team a lot. And, and I think the offense is going to score more runs once he's back in the lineup because of what he can do and because it plugs a hole.
1: Wrapping up our conversation with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Jay, you mentioned that schedule. It it is a, a bit of a bear, especially early on. But if they can weather the storm, and get through the early part of conference schedule, they'll have an opportunity to finish strong. And that's exactly what the team did last year when they made that run in the conference tournament. Do you still believe that this team has the potential to win this conference and win the conference tournament and punch a ticket to the NCAA regional?
7: Well, you know, winning winning this conference, winning this conference tournament is not going to be an easy task because right now the Sun Belt is number five in the RPI. Uh, as far as conferences are concerned, um, you know you've got you've got a half a dozen teams that are pretty salty, and I consider the Cajuns to be one of them. Um, but with the strength of this league, it may not come down to the conference tournament. You know, I, I think that you may see this league get one, two, maybe even three um, at-large bids if they keep playing the way they've been playing and that's taking take care of your midweek business, taking care of your business against teams you're supposed to beat. So I, I don't know if winning the conference tournament is going to be the, the know all the end all. I, I just know this. If this team is going to make a run, the pitching has to get more consistent. It's that simple. You know, I, I think this team can play better defense than they have. Um, I think this team can hit better than they have, and I think they're going to. The one question is the consistency of the pitching staff. And if those guys start to come out and do what they're capable of doing on a regular basis, then this team's going to be fine.
1: Get you out of here with one more, Jay. Uh, For those who are maybe new to it or maybe haven't paid attention to it, just how special is this rivalry on the diamond between the Jaguars and the Raging Cajuns? Oh, there's a history,
7: uh, and and the history you know goes back three decades. Um, you know there there was an all-out brawl, uh, and I'm not talking about just going out and 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 chesting up to each other. I mean they had a full-scale brawl thirty years ago. That rivalry remained constant through about 2010. South Alabama had some slippage. And the reason that the rivalry was so big is because it seemed like every year the Cajuns and Jaguars were 1-2 two, or 2-3 two, or 1-3 in the Sun Belt Conference. Um, you know, the league has pushed in-state rivalries. And so today, South Alabama players, they look at Troy as their rival. But folks that, <laughs> South Alabama players that have been there a long time say, you know, you don't know, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, so I think this generation maybe doesn't get it like the last generation did, But Cajun fans who have been around a long time, it's South Alabama weekend, and that means something. Uh, The Cajuns went to Mobile, got swept last year. South Alabama's very good, uh, but it's time to hook it up because the Jaguars are coming to town.
1: Jay, appreciate your time. As always, brother, enjoy your week, my friend. We'll talk to you next Monday, bud.
7: Look forward to it. Thanks so much.
1: We're going to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up with yours truly, the big, bald, and beautiful one, RP3, the producer extraordinaire and student broadcaster of the year for radio, Hannah Five Names, and possible future student broadcaster of the year, the intern extraordinaire is here, Becca in the house. Ooh, it's a party now on this Monday edition. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: RP3 doesn't play around when it comes to his personal life. I got one
1: NFL team, I got one college team, I got one Major League Baseball team.
0: And the big fella's also monogamous when it comes to his sports fandom. That's what I got my merch for,
1: that's who I support,
0: period. Call me old fashioned. The in. Call me old fashioned, that's fine. I'll be old fashioned. RP3 is just committed to providing you with great sports talk here on The Game. 1037, 1037 Lafayette and 1041, 1041 Lake, Lake Charles. Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Oh, today is going to be the day that you're joining the game clubhouse. Not only is it free to join, that's what all the cool kids are doing it. Producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names and intern extraordinaire Becca. They've already become members of the club, so you know it's cool. It's hip. It's on fire. It's on fleek. They're not using that anymore, are they? <laughs> Who, Who's obviously the 43-year-old in the room? That, that's me. I'm going to raise my hand right now. Look, you want to join our clubhouse. Because once you become a member, you'll have the opportunity to enter to win free stuff. Who doesn't love free stuff? Young, hip people, they love free stuff. Old, bald men love free stuff. Okay? Everyone loves free stuff. This is what you could win. A $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse. What? Delicious steaks. Mouth-watering sides. Salads. Desserts. They even have a cigar room fine dining at its finest $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse but you can only score that bad boy by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so go sign up today it's free to do so let's check in on our poll question of the day shall we we asked you how surprised were you that Carlos Correa Former number one pick for the Houston Astros out of Puerto Rico. AL Rookie of the Year. All-Star twice. Gold Glove winner. World Series champion. Helped the Astros to three World Series appearances. How surprised were you that he chose to sign with the Minnesota Twins? Carlos Correa said, I'm leaving a team that's been to three World Series in the last five years just to make an extra like $10 million to go play for the Twinkies that haven't won a postseason series in 20 years. I said it before, Kirby Puckett ain't walking through that door for the Twins. You know why? Because he's dead. He's dead. He's not robbing home runs off Braves hitters in the World Series anymore. He's dead. So I get why Carlos looks at the contract and says, Oh, well, I get paid a lot of money, plus I get to opt out after year one, year two. That has, I'm telling you, that has the fingerprints of his agent all over it. A player doesn't think that way. A guy that wants to be competitive and wants to win championships doesn't look at the Minnesota Twins and goes, that's my team. Let me sign up to go play at Target Field. Doesn't think that way. This is getting paid an enormous amount for year one and then having the abilities to have his client opt out after year one and year two. So his client can get paid more money so he as the agent can get paid more money. That's what it boils down to. The twins? The twins? Really? How surprised were you that Carlos Correa chose to sign with the twins? 53% of you say very surprised. 31% of you say not surprised. 16% 16% of you say slightly surprised. Producer Extraordinaire. Hannah Five Names. LAB Broadcaster, <laughs> student broadcaster of the year for radio. Mm-hmm. Do we have any comments on the book of face on our poll question of the day?
2: Let's see, let's see. We are still at the same one event at the beginning of the show is from Brian Gidry saying slightly. With the gift from Futurama, which I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, this is I am shocked, shocked. Well, not that shocked. I can't think of the guy's name though. With red hair,
1: Fry is his name. Yeah, yep, that guy. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. There are times, there, there, there are days because this is what it's gotten down to with memes and gifts. It's very generational. They're so like, terrible at it. Right. You're not very good at it, no. <laughs> I was going to say, you're, you're learning more and more about it every day.
2: Yeah. See? It's a fantastic time. There should be a segment that's just Hannah's bad day with memes. and just, <laughs> just I'll have James, who apparently is like the god at it, and have him send them to me, and I'll just describe them all to you.
1: How does he have time to be the god of memes when he's spending all that time on his hair? I don't know. Just saying, I don't know. I don't know if there's enough time in the day for all that.
2: Between him and him and Miguez, they got that. They can they the haul.
1: How much time and how much money do you believe is spent on hair product between James Mesh and Matt Miguez now? The duo Holy. with our new afternoon show, Crunch Time, with Miguez and Mesh.
2: Probably hundred bucks
1: every two weeks. Every two weeks. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know how much time and uh, I no I, I don't do anything. I shave my own head which cost me nothing. Zero.
2: Right. I cut Kenneth's hair. costs nothing. You've saved, Boom. Like, Save the money. Probably $200-something. Dollars. <laughs>
1: Save the money. Okay? Save the money. And when you don't have that much hair, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, getting high-dollar shampoo and conditioner either. It's not like I'm having to worry about massaging the old scalp here.
2: No. Conditioner does nothing <laughs> for myself, so we literally just buy a big, huge bottle of shampoo. <laughs> So he smells like apple cinnamon like I do. It's
1: fine. Question for the ladies in the house. Yes. If you're dating someone, you're in a relationship with a fella, uh-huh. and he's is there is there a certain amount of time if he spends on his hair that makes you go, eh, this may not be working out? I'm going to ask you five names, and then obviously you have to put the microphone over to our intern, extraordinaire, Becca, because I need to know from the ladies is there a time where your fellow's spending too much time on his looks, in particular on his hair, where you go, really? Really?
2: If it's over 30 minutes, no. And besides, your hair should not be longer than mine is, so that's already got stats to go. There we, there we go. Buns. Hair should not
1: be longer than the lady yeah. in the relationship, mm-hmm. and it should not take you more than 30 minutes.
2: Yeah, I, no. You don't need to do no band buns. And
1: no man hair buns. It takes
2: longer anyway, so if you take longer than I do, there's a problem. I take about an hour and a half for my hair if it's wet. I have to dry it. Oh,
1: that's that's a it's, lot. It's intense. a lot of work. It's a lot of work it, to be a lady. Not... said she, she's not talking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she just she just slammed the chair back Yank. away from the microphone. <laughs> I don't want to talk on the air. She
2: disagrees. She agrees with me. So
1: she agrees with you. Yes. So Beck, okay, so so let's recap, fellas. Listen up, this is, this is advice from the ladies. Do not spend more than 30 minutes on your own hair. One. Two, your hair should not be longer than the lady that you're with. Three, no man buns. Guys, no yeah. come on. I'm, I'm talking to you, guy. You know who I'm you know who you are. You know who you are. You're listening right now. No man buns. Yeah.
2: The whole man bun thing was like cute for like a whole maybe two months and it was over. I was like, no.
1: Boom. So those are the three rules. Yeah. Three rules. Don't spend more than 30 minutes on your hair. Don't have hair longer than your lady. No man buns. Yep. What about ponytails? No. No. Oh, that, so that's your rule number hair four. Your should
2: not be able to go into a ponytail. If you have ponytails in your car, it's because I have put them in there so that if I forget one, I have one in your car
1: to use. <laughs> yeah, right, right around the right around the gear shift. Yeah. 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 Or the cup holder. Yes.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. I usually – I've tried to put some into Kenneth's, like, bowling bags. That's the most time I usually forget that bowling. And then I'm, like, tired and I'm, like, angry with myself. Something has to change. I put my hair up to be changing whenever I'm bowling. So – I need a ponytail in my purse. I have, me. I, ha-
1: I have hair ties, scrunchies placed everywhere in my vehicle for that reason. Daughter yeah. and wife. Where's I? hair? Here's one. I, there you go. I always have one. I always have one handy. They I can't find one. I got it. Yeah. There you go. My hair
2: is too thick <laughs> for scrunchies, so it's a rarity that I actually use a scrunchie. It's only at a that home thing. My sit-mom like, put that on me is only using a scrunchie at home. You use regular ponytails when you go out places.
1: Oh, there it is there it is. So I guess the ponytail would be is not a, a, a fourth it's not rule number 4. It's just part of have your hair not as long as your lady. Yeah. If it's as long okay. as
2: mine then okay. it goes to a ponytail. It Goes to a go. ponytail. That's too long.
1: There we go. All right. So, this are the rules for hair fellas written by the producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names and intern extraordinaire Becca. Two lovely young ladies they're letting you know. Come on guys. Yeah. Lock it up.
2: Like, I already told my brothers, because my brother loves his lovely fluffy hair, I was like, if I can fit it into a ponytail, it's going to be getting cut, because, like, they, I already told them, I said, we had to find a way to get over to my house the week of the wedding, because I'll be cutting all of your hair. <laughs> Kenneth's hair is getting cut, my brother's getting cut, the other one's getting cut. The youngest oh. one has... Pinky promised me he will go get his haircut. He's already talked to our, like, style or, like, salon lady in Slidell. He's going to go get his haircut. cut. He already Pinky promised me that.
1: So m- my wife went to beautician school. She had her own hair salon in Lafayette years ago. So and she, she gets requests. Friends and, and, and family members ask her to, to cut their hair for, for, for them. So she's very particular about hair. I thought she was going to have a seizure during our wedding because she 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 made sure to tell everyone she's like, look, I'm not trying to be that person. I'm not trying to be bossy, but everyone needs to look good (laughs) for the wedding. Oh, yeah. Some folks did not listen to my wife and follow instruction.
2: I've already spoken to all (laughs) of the people
1: (laughs) and I had to I had to pull my wife aside. It's going to be babe. babe. It's going to it's our it's our day. Yeah. Why can't they just it's it's our day. It's our day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, their hair it looks awful. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I Understand, but I, I'm gonna have Earth, Wind, and Fire being played now on the dance floor. Let's go dance and be happy.
2: Yeah. Out of the five groomsmen, three are my siblings. So they, I have two are already coming to my house to get their hair cut. The other ones, Piggy promised me. The other two have wives. They're Kenneth's siblings. So I've already told the wives their hair better be looking good. <laughs>
1: I've already told the wife. I've already told the wives. Yes. There it is. Women, I, I don't have to worry about. The,
2: the girls, we know. Bravo. I already have somebody that did my hair and my makeup all of high school that's coming.
1: So, so. so there you go, fellas. Once again, quick recap as we hit our timeout. One, rule to live by when it comes to your hair. One, it should not take more than 30 minutes to get your hair ready for the day. Two, your hair should not be longer than your ladies. And three... No damn man buns. Boom. Those are the three rules written by Hannah Five Names and intern extraordinaire. Back up. Yep. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to talk NCAA men's tournament. The madness that it was opening weekend with Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South. He'll join us live next to break it all down. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 104 One Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Do you think RP3 is the only nickname Ray has?
1: Think again. Uh, there was Little veinant There was Little Foot, Little Bubba. There was LD, which stood for Little Dufo. There was Ray Dog. There was Ray Diggity Dog. There was Fish. There was Fish Face. There was RP3. There was even Raimundo from El Segundo.
0: Back to the host with more nicknames than he knows what to do with. RP3, RP3, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Lake Charles, Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it's that simple. If they win you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 1037GAME, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code 1037GAME. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Got to be physically present in Louisiana. 21 years of age or older to play. Availability does vary by parish, and eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Oh, man. Keep voting on that poll question of the day. How surprised are you that Carlos Correa, all-star shortstop for the Houston Astros, former Rookie of the Year, Gold Glove winner, decides to go sign a contract with the Minnesota Twins? What? Tell us how surprised you are. Go vote. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. But right now, it's time for us to talk the NCAA tournament. What a bananas weekend it was. A one seed goes down. A two seed goes down. Or two, two, yeah. I'm trying to do the math again. Yo, a one seed, two twos, and two threes all don't make it past the first weekend. We had four double-digit seeds advanced to the Sweet 16, including number 15 seed St. Peter's, your Cinderella of this tournament. To break it all down for us is the man who covers college basketball for Saturday Down South, the one and only Adam Spencer. Adam, good morning to you, brother. How are you?
5: I'm doing great. Mister. uh recovering after that
1: long weekend of basketball yeah it was uh absolutely bananas let's start with the sec uh it just meant more in all the wrong ways only one team survives to the second weekend that's arkansas how how much of a stunner is that that there's only one team left standing from the sec as we enter the sweet 16 this week
5: yeah, I mean, that's pretty surprising. I think, uh, I think you know, Alabama wasn't necessarily expected to make it this far because they've just been so mercurial this year. Uh, LSU, you know, without Will Wade, I don't think that's necessarily a huge surprise. I was surprised that they lost their first game. I thought that they could pass Iowa State. But, uh, you know, and then, well, you know, I also picked Kentucky to win it all, so shows what I know. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> That was a big stunner. I just think we all kept waiting for Kentucky to sort of be like, Okay, now it's time to actually play and, uh, and they just never did. And then Tennessee, you know, same thing. I mean that was just a disappointing loss. I think there's some legitimate questions about about Rick Barnes and John Calipari in the postseason now. I mean, Rick Barnes has only made it to the C sixteen like once since two thousand eight. Uh, You know, John Calipari, you look at the numbers, yeah, he's sent a bunch of players to the NBA, but, like, not a lot of top-ten picks since, like, 2015. Uh, You know, he's had three Final Fours, but not a lot of success since 2015. I mean, it's just been a different team since 2015, and that's when, you know, Duke started getting into the one-and-done game, and frankly, Coach K has just been schooling Calipari at his own game, sending guys to the NBA and getting far in the NCAA tournament, and uh, it's been uh, it's been strange to watch there. So there's legitimate concerns about you know the postseason success of uh, of Rick Barnes and John Calipari, but uh, then you got Muscleman just chugging right along, and that's been that's uh, been a great story at Arkansas.
1: It has been a great story. Um, of all the teams that lost on opening weekend out of the SEC, what's more of a stunner, Kentucky or Auburn?
5: Uh, I think Kentucky. I mean, like I said, I picked Kentucky to win it all, so uh, that was pretty. But I also uh, picked Auburn to get to the final four. I just thought that they would figure it out and uh, bounce back, and you know they have the best player in the country, and Jabari Smith. And uh, but you know they started the year. 22 and one and finished six and five at some point they just got figured out and uh once they got figured out other teams copied that blueprint into uh you know forcing yeah they, they, they just took away the two-man game really between Wendell Green and Walker Kessler and that just hasn't been there down the stretch and uh and that was something that that Auburn was relying really heavily on uh, up until that Arkansas loss and uh, you know the other teams just saw if you take that away then uh, Auburn's a, a decent team but not a great team and uh Miami credit to them for for just doing what it had to do to win and uh and yeah I think that uh, I think that that was just like, Ar- Auburn just Auburn just peaked too soon you know we see that every year there's a team that just gets out to this blazing start and kind of stumbles down the stretch and goes out early in the NCAA tournament. I think that was just Auburn
1: this year. Adam, we talked a lot about the ACC being down, right, this year, and it wasn't a vintage Atlantic Coast Conference this year, yet here I sit looking at my busted-up bracket and I see North Carolina in the Sweet 16. I see Duke in the Sweet 16. And I see Miami in the Sweet 16. Uh, did we undervalue the ACC? Or was it just simply their teams just simply played better in the NCAA tournament's first weekend?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I would be surprised if any of those teams, including Duke, got to the Final Four. Um yeah you know, i think north carolina probably had the best shot out of all those teams to get to the final four and uh you know i think that, that was a, a circumstantial thing uh north carolina you know we saw them they got out to that 25 point lead and then nearly had a historic collapse against baylor but uh baylor was down two key players um and they kept getting banged up throughout the game and you know i, I just i just i predicted that North Carolina would beat Baylor. I love this Baylor team when it's healthy. It's just that this Baylor team hasn't been healthy since like early February. So, you know, that was that was a favorable draw for the Tar Heels. Um but, you know, U C L A is gonna be a different story. And uh you know, I just think I think Duke has a really tough road, you know, that, that uh that West bracket since all four top seeds to the the sweet 16 so you know gonzaga or arkansas are going to be there assuming duke can make it through texas tech which is no which is going to be no easy task i mean that texas tech team you know one through five ten men deep they just switch they switch through and uh you know just have athleticism for days and uh yeah, that, that could be, it could end up being a bad matchup for Coach Gay and, uh, and the Blue Devils here. So, you know, I, I think that uh, the, getting to the Sweet 16 is a crapshoot, really. And uh, and now we're going to see, you know, which teams really, really ride to the top.
1: Talking with Adam Spencer of Saturday Down South. He joins us here in RP3 and Company discussing the NCAA men's tournament. All right, bud, I look at my bra- – I had Kentucky and Auburn in the final four, but my national championship is still in play here. Gonzaga over Arizona is what I predicted. And both the Zags and the Wildcats were tested in, in over the weekend, right? Arizona needs overtime to take down a scrappy TCU team. And there were some questionable calls in regulation there against the Horn Frogs that – in, inexplicably, the, the television broadcast doesn't even bring up. They just kind of ignore it. We'll have a discussion about that on a later day. But Gonzaga was tested in the first half of their first-round game against, uh, against Georgia State out of the Sun Belt, and then Memphis was beating them in the second half as well in their second-round game. Getting tested early like that, is that a good thing for these teams as now they'll be even more focused? Or did those teams, TCU and Memphis, expose the flaws in Gonzaga and Arizona?
5: Um, I I think it shows that there's no perfect team this year. But, uh, you know, you asked if the ACC was undervalued. I think we probably undervalued the Big 12 from top to bottom. You know, I think, like I said, Baylor was banged up. So, you know, they were the first one seed to lose. But you can't really hold that against them when they were down two key players. I mean, I don't think that they should have been a one seed because, you know, they try to seed teams based on how strong they're playing entering the tournament and Baylor should just not have been a one seed, but, you know, Kansas looked really good. I think, you know, it's been a surprise to a lot of people to see Iowa state make it to the sweet 16. So I just think that this big 12 was just really, really deep and really good. And uh, TCU sort of proved that with the challenge that it gave Arizona. And, uh, and yeah, I think, I think, you know, the important thing is that they're both still standing I think that uh, you know that is the sign of a good team. You know, Arkansas didn't look great in either of its games either, but uh, they're still there. They're still dancing. So, you know that's that's all you that's all you can say. You know, I, I think Auburn looked great in the in at parts during that win over Jacksonville State, but you know they'd rather win ugly. I think <laughs> you know. So uh, it, it's just at this point, it's just you know. Grinding through these games, and uh, you know now they have to regroup, grind through a couple more if they're going to get to the final four. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that there's necessarily anything to worry about with Gonzaga and, and uh, Arizona, just because good teams find ways to win, and they show that they could do that. All
1: right, bud, we'll get you out of here with this. Now that we have our Sweet 16 set, and we have the four. Teams seated lower than ten advance to the Sweet 16, and we have all you know the one seed, the two twos, and the two threes gone. Now that you look at the bracket, who do you like to advance to the Final Four? Knowing what the field is now,
5: yeah, I still I still like Arizona and Gonzaga. I think that uh, they'll you know rise to the top there. I, I just think you know, it's not going to be easy, but uh, you know I I, I really really like this. Arizona team. I really, really like Ben Matherin. I just think he's, he's a star. Um, I think UCLA comes out of the lower left bracket there. And then, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be, it's like, I don't like to put Kansas in anything. <laughs> um, but, but I do think that, uh, you know, now the bracket has set up, uh, pretty favorably for the Jayhawks to, to advance on through to the final four. So, I mean, after all is said and done, you know, we might end up with, uh, with three one seeds and, you know, UCLA, you know, a historically great program in the final four, which would be could be pretty interesting.
1: Adam, appreciate your time. As always, brother, keep up the tremendous work with Saturday Down South, and we'll talk to you soon, my friend.
5: Yeah, sounds good. I'll uh, talk to you later. All
1: right, bud. We've got to take a time out, our final one of today's show. When we come back, we'll update the poll question of the day. Final results, get you set up with Kevin Foote and Footnotes. That's all coming up right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. <laughs>
0: RP3 is known for being a well-tempered and thoughtful sports journalist.
1: The incompetence, the absolute abundance of arrogance from Rob Manford makes me want to punch him in his throat.
0: Okay, well, we all have our bad days.
1: I'm not kidding. If he was right here in the studio, I would walk up to him and throw him a punch.
0: Well... Let's all hope he took his meds today. Back to hopefully a calm and collected RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Southwest Louisiana's Louisiana's Sports Sports Station.
1: Oh, man, we covered it all for you. Covered it all. Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, presented by Mistros. One on a playoff hole. Carlos Correa signing with the Twinkies. LSU baseball struggling. Cajuns baseball. McNeese baseball struggling. NFL free agency. All a buzz. Joe Burrow getting offensive line help. NCAA men's tournament. NCAA women's tournament. What? Three hours of greatness was delivered to you. You're welcome. By the way, you're welcome. Final results on the poll question of the day. It's about Carlos deciding to go play for Minnesota. How surprised were you that he chose to sign with the Twins? 50% of you say very surprised. 28% say not surprised. 22% say slightly surprised. Steve chimed in with a meme of show me the money. That's exactly. But he could have got paid and still won championships. I'm just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Could have. I'm telling you, this this has his agent written all over it. Hey, Carlos, here's the deal. I'm going to pay you a bunch of money to go play for Minnesota. I know, I know. Time out. Wait, bud. But after a year, you can opt out and we can get a big mega deal. Huh? And you can get that purple Lamborghini you've been wanting. Outstanding. Sign on the dotted line. For the intern extraordinaire, Becca, producer extraordinaire, Hannah, five names. I'm Raymond Parcher Third, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote, the footsie, golf reporter extraordinaire, and footnotes is up next. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.